Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. It's true. Stop the presses. Steam your dresses. I'm here. (laughs) So, super funny. This week, we're pretty much just talking. We've got so much stuff that's happened. You probably figured it out because we have replays. And I was reading research that says podcast listeners like to know the kind of people we are and that we're probably not doing enough personal stuff and and letting people know who we are. So we plan today to kind of go over some of our own personal things and talk about some of the sustainability things I'm trying to accomplish coming up. And I picked a day that Nick and I are both pretty cranky, didn't I? Oh, yes, you did. So here's here's the goal. Okay, anyone listens to this, I need you to do me a favor. When, when you're listening to this, I want you to pause it right here. Okay, never mind. Anyways, so you're going to pause it, and then you're going to think to yourself, do these guys really sound angry? And we're going to give you the best fake smiles and giggles and laughs we can today. And we're <laughs> going to try to hide the disheveled attitude problems we have because you, we are a little grouchy. It is almost 10 o'clock at night. We've both been up a ridiculous amount of hours, you know, slaving away in our lovely lives, which are amazing, but here we are. Yeah, anybody who's listened to the show on a regular basis knows that we both have a tremendous amount of projects going on. And and I have to tell you, it it took a toll over the last few weeks. And I know I've said that in the past, and we've had to run some replays earlier in season three, but we're not the normal podcast that does maybe one a week. We're not the normal podcast that does one episode every two weeks. We are we try to be very consistent. We do a lot of episodes a year and boy, does it catch up with you after a while when all these other projects that we're trying to accomplish take up so much time, so much time that it does make it challenging. Now, if if realistic sustainability paid all of our bills, it would be way easier. We could drop those day jobs, but that's just not how it works. No, it does not work like that yet, Michael, but, um, (laughs) I think you can say the same thing for, you know, all of our passion projects, you know, none of them are paying the bills, but they weren't, they weren't designed to pay the bills. They were designed because we had something to say and we wanted the platform to say it on. So I think that it doesn't really matter if it pays the bills, as long as it pays the, uh, the soul bill that we have, it makes us feel better. And even in a bad mood, I'm happy to be here. So, I mean, I think that that, you know, that's a wrap. Let's have a good night. Everyone. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and, uh, well, and I can tell you, everybody on here listening, Nick saved the show. I was frustrated one day, called him up early in the morning, like, hey, what do you think about shutting this thing down? And you would have thought I talked about shooting his dog. I can assure you that um, I wasn't that animated. If you would have thought of shooting my dog, it'd been war. I am one of those people that values my dog's life far beyond a lot of other things because my puppy is my princess. And uh, no, I just I think it's. Okay, to be honest, quite oftentimes, it's the only time we really get to talk. So I really look forward to it and I enjoy it. And then there's the notion that a lot of times we're talking about things that I've never really had the opportunity or taken the time or had the inkling of a desire to learn about. So it's it's educational for me as much as it is fun and meaningful. So yes, I, I threw a little bit of a temper tantrum. So it was it was Nick that said, how about we just throw a couple more replays in and we'll try to get some more recordings done because while we're you know, working on Tasty Bits or Dabble or anything else. Edible Landscape is in full swing right now. And me being me, I've taken on other projects because for sustainability reasons, and which has soaked up even more time. So 
it was Nick that said, why don't we do this and still keep trying to throw content out? And I'm so glad he did because this is one of those passion projects, one of those things that I just love doing. Like I would love to write another book, but I think I would love more for someone else to write me another book. This I really love doing myself. You kind of strong armed me into the podcast and now it's a place I just love coming to. Yeah. Uh, who strong armed you into the podcast? I believe it was you. It was something I wanted you and Rob. Remember, I, the, I originally wanted you and Rob, but you kept saying someone should know you, sustainability. Yeah, it, just, it was the worst idea you've ever had. And I've been there for some doozies. <laughs> I and, and don't. And, and when he listens to this, don't take this personal. Rob, you're my brother and I love you. And I think you would be an amazing person to do any podcast with except this. Because, as I stated, if you want to do a sustainability podcast, one of us should have a clue what we're talking about. Um, if you put me and Rob on this, it's going to get back to superheroes, Marvel, Dragon Ball Z every time. It's just going to happen. It's going to be like realist sustainability, GT. It's It's not even... It won't even, nothing will get done. Yeah, I know. Maybe one of these days we'll get you guys doing the live launch together like I originally wanted. Because I think that would have gone well. You're shaking your head no. No, no? I'm not. You're all done with I, podcast? I, I, no, I'm not all done with podcast. It just take an absorbent amount of time. And here's my thing. I'm going to be flat out honest. Anyone that knows me personally, since this is the, the podcast, people get to know us. They're about to learn more about me than they probably ever considered. Obviously, I like to talk. I like to communicate. I, I believe that human interaction is a single greatest gift that we waste every day. You can't understand yourself if you don't understand people, but to do that, you have to talk to them. You have to, you know, kind of feel them out. You have to see how they react to things. You have to accept someone for their differences and see where you guys are similar. So for me, yes, I love to talk. I love to communicate. I do, but I don't like talking about things that I don't know. I consider that I call it deadwood. And I think that most people, most of us BSers in the world, speak a lot of Deadwood. We might learn one little fun little factoid about something and then we use that as a stepping stone in conversations to be relevant, you know, to kind of take part in stuff. And it happens a ton in sports. And I, not to say it doesn't happen in other things, but sports are the big one. It happens a lot in politics too. But then those quickly landslide, like a snowball rolls downhill, they gain momentum, those conversations do too. Next thing you're saying things that, 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 are, that are irrelevant to anything that don't make sense, things that you either misheard or half heard or made up completely. And you don't, you're not trying to lie. You're just trying to be part of the group. And I don't like that. I still find myself doing that. And I, I've done that before. And I don't ever want to do that again. And it's hard for me to do a podcast about something that I literally know nothing about. Unless well, I'm with someone that does. And that's where that see, and that's where this works is the cure your curiosity. It may not be your full blown passion, but you're certainly curious about how oh, sure. sustainability works. And that's how this podcast functions because I get questions or your you know, your personality brightens this up from my uh take the notes, mundane stats kind of way approach that I have. I assure you, you will find if you look at the stats, people actually enjoy your side of it far more than mine. They probably <laughs> speed past my my blubbering idiocracy. Like, oh, let's get back to the good stuff. <laughs> I don't know about all that. but So that's why I wanted to just kind of catch up this week. I wanted to let everybody know that things have been try, you know, trying. We've got you know a brand new catering company with Nick that has had a ton of business and growing pains 
We've got dabble, which at this point is probably still considered a hobby because I I pretty much take care of it and promote it and and finance it, which can be a little stressful as you're trying to balance some things. But it's those kinds of things. We've talked in the past about balancing our stress because if you want to have a sustainable life, you have to kind of balance that stress. And right now we are both experiencing small business about the same way with some different issues. Yeah, I I will tell you that I have always been a weather the storm and a raincoat kind of person. I It could be a hurricane, it could be a tornado, it could be like a firestorm, and I'll put a raincoat on. I've always been like very, I guess, cavalier about this kind of stuff. Like I, I can handle anything. I'm pretty arrogant. I really am. Uh, there are aspects to being a business owner that I underestimated and that have really given me a molly whopping. And I'm struggling. I have found, I mean, Michael and I just talked about this. I've always been a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. If I see something done, I can just do it. And so when I look at the way people run businesses, I, I just go, okay, I can do that. And I can, but now we're at a point we've, we're only in year two, but we've transitioned far enough to where instead of doing 35 weddings, we have over a hundred. And so mm-hmm. now I'm having to do schedules upon schedules upon schedules. And my, my amazing wife has came in to take a lot of this stress off me and she's helping me out with some of the logistics. And, you know, she does all the timing. She tells me what, when, what party has to leave, what kitchen, how long the transit time is, how long we have to set up. Like she has been a godsend to do all this stuff because while I can do it and I'm not saying I can't, I, I didn't expect the business to take off the way that it did. And so I've got overwhelmed quite easily this year. Well, and as much as we want to be prompt on this show and always make sure that we are here with good with good material and good content, sometimes those other life pieces just take that opportunity away. That's one of the reasons. I mean, it's no different on the other side of the screen right now. I don't think it's been a huge secret. Uh, I may have mentioned it in the past, but where where I work as an engineer, a company has bought them and most people are going away. I It was expected that I would not be there after the first of the year. So every week since the first of the year, you expect to be released. And I know, Nick, you're laughing at me because of what you've said in the past, but I'm going to say it anyways. It is still stressful. It is still on your mind. Family of five. So you're always trying to balance that. Now, the reason why he's laughing at me. I don't think you know why I'm laughing. No? Okay. Oh. Well, I'm going to give it to you then. You you mm-hmm. tell me. Are you really sure you want me to say this? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, you okay. You have to commit to not editing it out. Oh. Oh, yeah. That can't be good. Well, here we go. Get ready for it. Um, you used to be when, when you were working retail. You used to say you loved going poop at work because you were getting paid to go to the bathroom. And it was a big joke. We laughed about it all the time. But now, now every day you're pooping on bonus time. So it just makes me <laughs> That's all. I just like the phrase pooping on bonus time. Oh, well, all right then. Not where I was. You're right. That's not what I was expecting. I wasn't going there. Um, I needed needed that chuckle. So now other aspects are popping up. There's a actual, there's a reasonable chance that I will actually be promoted, which is is great business wise, but stressful learning new, new jobs. So, and and this is where Michael said he knew what I was laughing about because only my brother can say that he's, he's afraid of getting fired, getting let go. And then call me and go, I'm getting a promotion. Only him. He's done it like probably once every couple of years since I've been alive. So it's. Yeah, I don't know how that happens, but it is. It does seem to happen that way now that you've pointed it out. Uh, you fall into more promotions than most people get in their lifetime. It's amazing. I, who knows? Apparently it's my glowing personality. 
It's an Azarian shine, brother. <laughs> well, also, the other problem is inside of me, I have that do is greater than say kind of mentality. So I continuously want to work with sustainability. I'm constantly doing things. So at work, I'm constantly creating reusability. I'm getting rid of disposability within what I do at work, which is very meaningful to me. That creates some meaning in what I do. But other times things pop up and it makes you realize there's more you can do. Even if you feel like you're exhausted, there's more we can do. Anybody who's on greeningyourlife.org or uh, or is on the Facebook page has noticed that the me, who is very shy when it comes to, I didn't even want to do the podcast because I, I have this like fear of someone saying something negative, has started doing TikTok videos and Facebook videos trying to promote Edible Landscape Project or kindness projects, or just trying to make someone smile for the day. That was Edible Landscape. This year, zero attention from any of the news because they've cut all their staff in this area. And the regional and state news get their news from the local news. So instead of just writing it out, I needed people to know we were doing it so they could come get the food. I wanted people to understand the projects because I want more cities and more towns and more people to do these projects. So I started making videos, almost like you there, Nick. I, I don't think you should compare our videos. You actually have a purpose and a meaning, and I just get really bored and tell cheesy dad jokes. Yes, but yours are far more entertaining. That is, that's up to debate. You ask my son, he just calls me cringy. <laughs> oh, Aiden is not excited about the fact that I, today I told him, hey, guess what? I have 1,300 followers on TikTok. And it just sickens him as he walks away from me. You have 1,300? Uh, hang on. It's on my screen. I have 13, 1329. That is impressive. You have more than I do by a couple hundred. It is. It drives the kids nuts. I'm fairly certain that all three children in my household are fairly disgusted that even one person follows me on any of these. Oh, I, I know. So I'll be honest. Xander and I had this, this competition when I started TikTok, who could be the first one to get 100 followers. And I started it before COVID, but I just, I mean, I only put like two videos up. And so I was like, okay, you're on. So I, st I started doing like little six, seven second videos every day. I do like five or six of them because I mean, well, it takes, there's no editing. There's no planning. You just, you know, you're going to say something, you say it. Now you can record for three minutes, but then it was like, I think 12 seconds or whatever was the limit. And so I would do that and do that. And then I found this app where it's a, it's, it's like a bot app. So you, you go through and you sign up for it and it's like overnight, your account gets spammed with followers. And I went from like 102 to like 650 overnight and it made him so angry. And I knew it was cheating, but I laughed so ungodly hard. <laughs> and, but what he doesn't know, cause he always tells me I'm a cheater and he's right. But what he doesn't know is that TikTok went through and wiped all the bots off my profile. So now the 1190 that I have is organic. <laughs> and that's not and, and I don't want any misunderstanding. I know that eleven hundred followers is nothing on social media. It isn't even a drop of a drop of a drop of a bucket. It's not it wouldn't even show up on a slide if you tried to put it under a microscope. But for some overweight middle-aged dad that just likes to make his kids roll their eyes it's it means a lot like i have a lot of fun with it yeah it, and i have a hard time there's a video out there right now i'm like hey guys i've hit a thousand followers i could do it i can do a live well i can do a live 
but apparently I'm a little short on confidence. Like I have done zero lives up to this point on both Facebook or TikTok because I'm just not comfortable with the concept yet. I understand. So here's my issue with doing a live. Like I have nothing to do. The one obvious thing there is to do for me on a live video is cook. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense, but I don't really have like I have a I have a tripod with this thing that holds my phone that has it's like a ring light, but it's cheaper because I'm I'm cheap and I could do that. I could set it up and I could I, I could and I really could do that. But I just when I get ready to and I've been ready to two or three times, went and bought ingredients, came up with the plate, everything. I get really self conscious and then backed out of it. So mm-hmm. must run in the family. Nothing runs in our family. It walks. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, I have a heck of a time because I could go out in the middle of the edible landscape. And let's be honest, the reason why I'm getting followers is I'm doing a ton of edible landscape content. Oh, I'm, I know. It's awesome how much of a reception it gets, though. It is. I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting people following because of the program. So it's not necessarily because of my glowing personality, but it is because of what we're accomplishing and, and the hope it gives other people. So I'm constantly putting these videos out there. I could just as easily go out there as I'm cleaning a garden space and go live and just talk about it and show the videos and show everything on there. I just, I can't, it's not something I've done yet. It's just one of those things that I'll have to build into it just like this. You know, I was not ready to do this podcast until we were doing this podcast. So I'll just have to kind of stumble in. I often think that in our lives, I mean, people in general, we never know that we can do something. We never have the slightest inkling of confidence in it until we're forced to do it or we just choose to jump off into the deep end. I, I say that because I've had so many people and I have, this is actually one of the coolest things about being in business. So many young people that are my age, your age, younger, ask me, well, how did you get started? What did you do? Like, they really want to know. And I go, I just did it. And they're bewildered. Mm-hmm. There's a young man. His name is, his name text is Mr. Galvin. I'll never forget it. He's a great young man. He's at, at the Gordons and Linden Road. Him and I had that conversation. He's a, he's a senior in high school. He's got a full ride to U of M Ann Arbor. And he is looking to get to get into politics and he wants to change the world. Mm-hmm. Great young guy. He's awesome. And we talked about it and I was like, I was like, well, if you want to start a business, just do it. Figure out what you want to do. Do some homework. I mean, don't don't just, you know, say, well, this is what I'm gonna do and this is what I'm gonna charge. Figure out you know, what your competition is, you know, whatever industry it's in, you know, what the going rates are, then figure out what you're worth. And then you have to figure out how often you're gonna be willing to accept the work for less than you feel you're worth to prove that you can do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to negotiate your own terms, but the best way from, for, to get out and do it is to get out and do it. And and I, I hate to say this, but I'm muddling along like as I go and I'm learning as I go. I I think that everyone should try that once in their life. Is this good, this catering thing going to fail? I hope not. Anything's possible. I'll I'll die before I let it. But I think that if people just went out and did something just, just to prove themselves they could, they'd be amazed at where they go. A little bit, a little bit, big bit. Yeah. And that's your... You hit the the nail on the head. It's just a matter of finding the confidence. Now, I didn't find the confidence when I changed my life. My life changed, and it left me in a spot that gave me the opportunity to change my life. People like yourself and others are far more brave because you're doing it. You've you've decided. Instead of staying on one trajectory, you change that trajectory. And I think that tenacity is how it how it will work, how we will be able to continue doing all these things while building. You know, one of my favorite lines from a movie, and I'm sure that you just get tickled when I quote things, but I'm going to anyways. <laughs> There's a movie 
called My Friend Flicka. It, I think it was released in oh lord, like third, like twenty nine or thirty. Like it's an old movie. It's almost hundred years old. It's black and white. And in this movie, there's a rancher, and he goes, "You ever hear the tale of the darn fool?" And the, someone's like, "No." And he goes, "No one told the dar- no one told the darn fool it couldn't be done. The darn fool went and did it anyways." Mm-hmm. And I, it was a quant, like cool little fun line, a little 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 quirky thing. But when you when you're a different point in your life, and you realize all the things that you've never done, whether you because you went with someone else's advice, they said you couldn't do it, or you talked yourself out of it, or you rationalized passing a, passing it up because of a, a, a minor commitment you made somewhere else. Like we, we pass on a lot of opportunity in our lives. Mm-hmm. And as you get older and you start taking chances less and less, you start to have enough in your life where you hold it a little more closely to your heart. So you, you take less chances because you don't want to run the risk of losing what you have. This opportunity has come far fewer and in between. Like, I mean, they, they, sorry, they come fewer and far in between. I'm getting my words backwards, guys. I'm sorry. It's after 10. I'm tired and old, but it, it never stops being true that you can surprise yourself every day well and i mean dabble exists because you made fun of me it's my fault well i told you i had ideas but you know i'm and you i was on a walk and i was telling you about the idea and you started laughing and i of course asked why and you said you always come up with fantastic ideas but you'll just talk yourself out of it anyway so that's so true you have you have built like hypothetically built million dollar businesses and just and disassembled them within five minutes of a conversation The amount of, you do it. You do it all the time. Well, but that's that's why Dabble exists. Because I, t- I came home almost slightly offended. Like, I came home like, Jamie, did you you should hear what Nick said to me. And she went, I, yeah, yeah. yeah like, casually, like, just agreed with you. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. That's about right. That's, hmm. why she's, that's why she's my sister. <laughs> so I decided to take that risk and put my ego out there and see what happens but what's your I'm, ego that's well, not ego it is your heart. well there is because your if, you, if you fail it's your ego but what i'm learning is that greeting your life and everything with it can funnel in to dabble dabble is now becoming here locally i've had ministers stop in to talk to me uh local leaders about all the community projects that we do and what it's starting to become is a community space. It's not there yet. It's still slow. You know, it is still teetering. But like the videos, for example, those videos, and I'll tell everybody flat out, I think I've made about $250 for you guys watching those videos. That money filters in. And today I spent about $150 on costumes to be able to give away during our free community Halloween event. And I will try to get more and I will constantly add from that. So anything, if you guys are watching those videos, yes, it does give me a small amount of income, but I'm going to put it all back in. Greeting your life is is one of those things that talks about sustainability, but it's on a cornerstone of kindness projects. And I've kind of created this space for myself and everything can funnel into dabble. We can do those free dinners that we're talking about doing for Thanksgiving. We can do these back to school giveaways. I've had so many people come to me about that and thank me over and over again about giving away all those school supplies because it is a burden for parents. You know, these things pop up on everybody. Um, I have a lot to say with everything you just spit out in the last five minutes. We're going to pause everything though and say Thanksgiving. You should see the size of the turkeys. They're huge. My God, they're 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 just ginormous. Um, it was worth the citation, but you know, you're for anyone not familiar with us you're 10 years older than me and 10 and a half years older than me and so 
I my memories of you from when I was little are few and far in between. The majority of them are are really from when I was a teenager forward. And, and most of the time, if I think about things carefully, um, you're always the best at what you do. And it always always bewildered me that you chose the path you did back then. And I, I want to make this very clear: there was a turning point in my understanding of my brother Michael. When he had left one of the schools in inner city of Flint for the, I think maybe the first time he had taught a STEM thing there. And he called me and he spoke with such passion and such conviction that I had never in my life heard come out of his mouth that I knew that everything was about to change. Because when you hear that kind of passion, when you hear that kind of, that kind of power coming from someone's spirit, when you experience it. It changes. It changes everything. It changes your viewpoint, changes your comprehension, your understanding. It forces you to stop and listen and gives you a desire to learn more because you want to know what it is that makes them feel the way they feel because maybe you've never felt like that about anything in your life. And so you can call the building ego, think that it's misappropriated and misplaced. I'm going to call it heart and I'm going to call it a fire that was lit in you to go forth and do better for your community and anyone around you that you see that needs help. So you can call that ego, but you're wrong. <laughs> well, and well, thank you. I, I know the day you're talking about. I know it sticks out clear in my head. We've had this conversation. Uh, I think you've been on this show a couple of times. Maybe. And I can't even have the conversation without getting partially emotional or at least fired up. And that does drive me. I think that people deserve better. And it doesn't matter who those people are. The answer is they still deserve better. And that's what keeps adding some of these projects. And that's probably a good part to parlay into the newest project that I hope really does what I think it can do. And for those of you who know me, I talk a little bit here and there about politics. There might even be a day that I get angry enough to run, but I can never run under the banners that exist. Walk, Michael, walk. No one in our family runs for anything. If it's a taco or ice cream, it's not happening. So recently, the possibility of a viable third party came about called Forward. It's, it was developed by some people on the left, some people on the right, and Andrew Yang, who I do follow periodically because I do think he's a humanist and that he absolutely means well for people. And those are the kinds of people I pay attention to. And so I decided to jump in and just listen to some calls, go on to some Zoom calls, and get a feel for what it is. After a couple of conversation with some state leaders, I decided that this was an opportunity. This was an opportunity to create something, not as a political party, but to see if I can change the core values of an organization while they're still trying to figure out what their core values are. So I spoke to the leader in Arizona and the leader in Michigan, and both of them have decided that I should be given special events online to promote what I believe should be the base core value of forward. And for me, what that, what that core value should be is kindness and kindness projects. Far too often, politics is separated from the people who vote. And they were talking about having all these volunteers and nothing to do. And I immediately got upset and said, then go clean a, go clean a neighborhood, go sweep a street, go take uh, a bunch of milk to a school, go do something, go do something that helps people. You're going to, it's going to take you eight years before you're even reasonably viable on a national level. Spend eight years helping the communities around you one day a month. Give me two hours, one day a month. 
that every group in Forward must do something kind for the communities around them. They can have a group that picks it and schedules it and whatever it is. Go fix something in a community that doesn't have someone to fix it. Go build an edible landscape project, hand it off to the people in that area and walk away. Go do something. Go clean a parking lot. Go be security at an event. Whatever it happens to be, do something instead of talking. If you do, if you want to be a political party that isn't like the rest, action is how you do it. And I was afraid that passion that you talk about, because I'm starting to realize that I do have it for some of these things. I was afraid it wouldn't translate because I'm talking to Arizona and they see what you see right now, which is padded walls behind me, not crazy people, just the studio and, you know, a few knickknacks. But once the leader from Arizona lifted his arm and said, I wish you could see this, my hair is standing up. And then he contacted me and said, we need a special event. One will have an opening speaker, an MC, and I want you to put this front and center to everybody in this party from this state. I want to make this a vote. I want people to agree that this should be the first core value of our party. Then taking that to the state of Michigan, And having that conversation. They're in the process of still building the hierarchies and all that kind of stuff. But it looks like either October or November, they are going to do the same. Can you imagine? This is what I really want is there's 50 states that are going to have this group in them. Could you imagine at least five groups within that state, major city areas, different regions that just for two hours, one day a month, at minimum, will be helping their community. Hundreds of groups of people over 50 states just taking the time to help someone. If we can do that, we can start actually making change. You You can't play politics. When you play politics, you end up in crazy land and they beat you with experience. You don't play the game. You change the game. We all go out and do wonderful things day after day. And that is another one of the things I've been working on during this time that I think the value, the ceiling is so high and that I think just has to be done. Well, I agree. It does have to be done. And I think that I am honored to even know how I word this, to be able to take part in some of it and and to for nothing else tell you it's a great idea and wish you luck because there's too many people that give you reasons on why things can't be done or why you can't do them or why you shouldn't do them or you know i learned throughout this whole process of kind of rethinking about the way i view the world that people hear the word no and they just accept it now i am not telling people to run out and break laws or rules but i do believe that when when someone tells you something can't be done or it's a bad idea you should want to know why and if their reason is well someone else said so Follow the chain, get your root cause out and figure out if it's just something that no one's ever done because no one's ever done it. So why can't it be done? The answer is it can be and it should be. Kindness should always come first. You should always, you should always treat people the way you want to be treated. I've said this time and time again, reciprocity is the building block to the future. You have to have a a compassionate society, people that look after each other. I'm not saying that you have to give everyone the shit off your back, but spend five extra minutes one day helping someone across the road or you, you're driving down the road and you see some big, I almost swore, whoo. Nope, not getting me this time. This big old <laughs> bag of garbage that flies out. Once to stop, you can pull over and clean it up. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of little things you can do to make the surrounding areas better. And the notion that groups of people, droves, if you will, of people are going to be getting together to help clean up, you know, communities 
it's just it's beautiful man i am super excited to see where it's gonna go and i hope to god there's no there's no static from anyone else because how how do you fight kindness like how you want to talk about like you know fighting crazy and losing because you know they have an advantage who is going to stand there in politics and tell you it's a terrible idea like how you want to rationalize that for me be like well you shouldn't clean up the garbage like why well mm-hmm. you're taking away someone's job yeah okay you're right that, that us picking up pop cans for three hours one day is going to take away a garbage man's job great thanks for playing next well and as you know as as well as anybody they can tell me things don't work till till they're blue in the face i'll just do it we'll do it and then we will have results and as an engineer results count more than your words just like the edible landscape project and all the silly fight that they had you know people saying all that goofy stuff that was going to happen in Durant. <laughs> oh, there's nothing i love better than the whole thing about like drug dealers and crime is going to increase because you won the plant of the apple tree so i have no problems at this point now standing up to those conversations because here's the deal we did it and your garbage never happened so now you're done i wanted this is an opportunity to do it nationally i mean i would love to be a governor and change the rules for a state but that's not an option right now what is an option right now is to get to these groups before they fully form and get the mindset off this game of politics. Because if they play the game, they're going to lose. The other two are so much better at it. You have to change the game. Yeah, so that's that, that's that's the probably one of the best points you've made is that like it, if we're going to ever discuss politics and going forward with it, the best way to to advance is to just not play the game. Like there's no there's no benefit that comes from. Well, it's the best way I can explain it. I work in a bar part-time when people are yelling and screaming back and forth. And it's been a really rowdy night. Is there a benefit to trying to step in between them and stop two drunk people from screaming at each other? Mm-mm. No, I'm playing their game. There's yeah. No benefit. If, and uh, the, another point I want to get through to them is, is you can't play a game created by other people and win. They have been, they, and these are groups of people who, when the game doesn't fit them, they change the rules to their favor. You have to completely stop playing the game. I seen the greatest meme today that represents politics in this country, maybe the world, and it was beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're a nerd with me, so you're going to understand this. Okay. Isildur and Elrond are standing in Mount Doom. He has the one ring. He's like, throw it in the fire. He turns around and says no and puts it on his finger. That is one political party telling the other one what to do when they don't have the power. And then when they get the power, like, no, why would I do that? Like, no. Yeah. It's, it's, oh my God, I laugh so hard. I, I know I'm not doing that mean justice, but uh, it's tired. I'm tired. So, it, you know, you get what you get. Well, I guess the reason why I wanted to have this episode and the reason why I wanted to have this conversation and do all these things was so that people understood that, yes, with sustainability, we're still doing shows. We're, it's just a matter of getting that correct amount of time. I don't necessarily want to kick us down to like once or twice a month. It's better to run some replays. We've been around long enough now that there's people who haven't heard some some stuff from season one. Some of the shorts are educational and can pop up throughout seasons. I don't think it really ruins the experience too much than us creating new stuff all the time. But understand that we're still working. We're we're still trying to do these things. We're trying to make these changes. I can't preach to do more than I say and then stop doing so that I can say it. <laughs> you know, I just can't. It's not a thing. I cannot do that. 
you know, I wish that would have been my mentality when you call me. Like, I'm just too tired. I've been like, no, Mike, I wish I, that would have been my line. <laughs> but I wasn't nearly as dignified or intelligent as that. I was just like, you know, maybe we could just release a little less often so we can catch up. And, you know, I really don't want you to. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, baby. It, well, it's just there's far too many people out there that get left behind. There's far too many people out there that no one's paying attention to. There's far too many kids out there who don't have the opportunities of other kids. There's far too many green spaces that aren't being used correctly. There are far too many people hungry when we can use those green spaces to to help them. There is just far too many. And we live on this planet for a finite time. So there are going to be times, guys, that we're not always as prompt as I want us to be. I have been almost militant on trying to make sure that we always have brand new episodes and we always have these things going on so that we can get them out at six o'clock in the morning like we've always done. I appreciate the ones who are sticking with us. I appreciate the people who are listening, the people who are still donating. You know, we're still actually getting a little bit from every, from some people to keep this show going and to be able to help where we can. I do appreciate it, but I also have to continue to do the work and do the best I can to help as many as I can. Nice dead air. That was beautiful. <laughs> but I think I think he was ready for me to jump in and say something. But when he goes in those rants, and those are always like mic drop moments, I don't know what to say. So I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. There's like an awkward pause. I really hope you leave everything in the in this because I'm having more fun tonight than I've had in a long time, considering the conversation we had before this started, and I was almost in tears. That's what we're supposed to do. Well, sustainable living. You got to get that out. You got to have these conversations. When I call you to vent and you call me to vent, it's just a healthier way of living. Um, and and as for the dead air, I purposely stayed quiet to see what you would do because usually you'll look up, give me a look. And now, even if I cut this out for the podcast, it will always be in the video. I don't edit the videos. Well, you shouldn't cut it out at all. And you're right. You do that a lot. You'll you'll be talking and you, it's 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 like um like an audio roller coaster. It's so dynamic and it's up and down. It's like like the song Tiny Dancer builds and goes down. It builds and goes down. <laughs> and then you hit me with the chorus and I'm like, this is my turn. And my brain is just fried. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I I hope that some of you who are listening get a chance to actually just see the video, at least just for that second. Like just that. So mark that time on the podcast because I want you to go onto YouTube and see Nick's body movements as he's explaining that. You're talking this emotional roller coaster, but what I was seeing was almost strip club type movements over here. Strip club boys, <laughs> I'm here to work. <laughs> so Anyways, I guess uh, that's really all I wanted today was just kind of catch everybody up on where you are, where I am, why we haven't necessarily been on everything as much as we used to or have been. It looks like I've pulled away from podcasting, have gone to random videos. It's, still, it's not true. It's just part of the process of getting to more people and and letting letting some of that kind of finance the good we do. You're giving well, there's, books. There's that. But I mean, to be honest, those videos videos are so effortless to make <laughs> the, the long the, the the hardest video i ever made for for tiktok was like 30 seconds long and i actually took planning and acting and editing and i was like i'm never doing that again i yeah I, I, it's they're a lot of fun and they're effortlessly and, and to be honest and the best part about it is that you get to like 
really express aspects of your life that, that aren't able to be shown here. We could talk about edible landscaping all day long, but like if you watch the videos, they can actually see it. Mm-hmm. And it does and, get everybody's attention. And seeing is believing, my dear brother. So it, it works out in a way that benefits benefits everyone. And it benefits me because I get to watch, you know, I get to watch you do what you do. And that that is actually really cool. Like I, I really enjoy that. Um, plus, I love seeing updates on Sunzilla because it is the flower with the power. Did Too you sweet catch- to be sour. Did you catch the one today, that piece that is barely hanging on? Oh, uh, yeah, but you said don't give up. You're about to bloom. That's amazing. That's what you put on there, right? That's yeah, what it yeah. said? Yeah, like hit, hit me with your best knowledge. Like your <laughs> Mr. Wisdom over there just like he puts this 15-second video, but like this half-dead sunflower and the camera pans. And it goes about six feet, but then it goes up, and there's like it's it, – from the time it goes up, it looks perfect. Like it's a beautiful sunflower. There's nothing wilted. There's nothing dead. But if you look at this limb that's just laying there and it's being supported by the raised garden, it's just <laughs> barely there. It is amazing. But that's us. I mean, honestly, that that is a good indicator. It's exactly what you and I were just talking about. Sometimes you're at that last string. Sometimes there's very little keeping you connected. But if we hang on just a little bit longer, you'll bloom. I agree with that. I think that, um, and I, I, for anyone that hasn't quite gotten the memo yet, I do reference a lot of mo- a lot of film and a lot of television because sometimes the best way to articulate the way you feel is to watch someone else do it better than you. And it sounds silly, but that's why we love movies and music is because it makes us feel something or makes us understand something that we otherwise struggled with. And there's a throwaway line in a Rocky movie where they're training and he wants to give up and he go and and the little trainer's like i didn't hear no bell (laughs) and he has to keep going and so there are days where for me anyways i'm running out of steam and i'm tired and i'm just i'm just falling apart and i'll stand up i didn't hear no bell and i keep going because it sometimes you have to remind yourself that you're as tough as you want to be you you define your own limits by choosing when to quit and even though you feel like you're beaten down and you're tired and you're out of steam, that next breakthrough might be three seconds away. You just have to keep going. You have to keep motoring forward and, and giving it all you got. Something that I, I'm going to you know, not toot my own horn, but I do want to talk about real quick is that like the catering is incredibly taxing for me emotionally because I am not a born leader like my brother Michael is. I am a I am a charismatic, mouthy side sidekick. And so I, I struggle with it, but I've gotten some attention lately. I've been people have reached out to me to, to interview me for mag, for a magazine and I didn't really know how to handle it because I don't really have a whole lot of time but I also realized how many opportunities I've wasted because I talked myself out of it so I'm just going to swing at it and give it a shot and see what happens as you should and because I, I've realized at the age of 35 I no longer have dreams per se I have plans and places to go there are things I'm going to do I don't know how to get there. I don't know what the road's going to be like. I don't know how hard it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be scary or if I'm going to want to quit. But there, there are. I see a mountaintop, and I know that it's only a, a little ways away. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do one step at a time. That the dopey old movie. You put one foot in front of the other, and pretty soon you'll be walking across the floor. Pretty soon you'll be walking out the door. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go after this stuff because I can't. Because my heart beats in my chest and pumps veins through my jiggly body. As long as I'm here, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be present and I'm going to do my best to, you know, leave no doubt and enjoy what I have to deal with. And I think that a lot of people could benefit from trying that. Yeah. Don't leave your fire on the table. Like everybody has something. We just have to know. We just have to have that. We have to have that thing in our mind that tells us why we don't quit. You know, for the longest time through college, it was my kids. 
it was my kids. I can't quit. They can't see me quit. Oh yeah. Whatever mental gymnastic I created to make sure that whatever hit me, I punched through it. Well, it's not necessarily always the kids anymore. Sometimes it's even complete strangers. But as long as you have that anchor that lets you remember why you do what you do, you will accomplish it. It's just a matter of getting it done. Well, this is the way I look at it. And you can call me selfish. You can call me self-absorbed. You can call me a late bloomer. I don't really care what anyone calls me. I'm just going to say it the way I feel it. I'm 35 years old and I've spent my entire life being a people pleaser. And there's nothing wrong with that. I have no regrets for that. I'm very happy to have the people in my life that I do. But there are things that I'm realizing that I want out of life or I want to try to get. There's awards I want to go after trying to earn. There's there's places, there there's types of businesses I want to be I, I want to open. I, there there's relationships I want to cultivate to where it benefits everyone around me. Yeah, it, and I, it's not selfish. I mean, there's still some goals. One of the criteria is I, I said, yes, I'll do these speaking engagements, but you have to record them so that I can put them on the podcast, so I can put the videos online. Because at some point, someday, I want to do a TED Talk. I want to do a TED Talk about kindness. I want to do a TED Talk about spreading kindness and how that does beat up all this darkness and all these negatives and all these things. And I, and in order for me to get that TED talk, someone has to go on and say, this guy needs to do a TED talk. They have, I have to be nominated. So I have to do, I want to do more speaking engagements. I want I, to be able to do that. I want to change people's relationship with food in a way that makes me feel proud to serve what I serve. There is, and I talk about this show a lot, maybe not in here, but I do in general. There's a documentary series. It's been out for quite a few years on netflix called chef's table i find it i i've watched the first couple seasons of it several times i find it endlessly entertaining and, and inspiring and i love it one of the episodes in season one is a chef named dan barber and he has a restaurant called blue hill in new york and there's three they have two different locations but the reason i bring up the blue hill one is because it it's true farm to table they had a family farm and they started changing things at the farm to better suit the farm so they wanted better soil so how do you get better soil you change the livestock they wanted to have this area cleaned out of bramble and stuff so now they have goats and they have pigs and they have all this stuff and all this stuff is 100 percent organic and is 100 percent sports the restaurant so every single thing that comes from that farm goes to the restaurant um he talks about hiring vegetable breeders and when he went to talk to one of them he asked about breeding it for flavor and the, the farmer looked at him and said in all the years he's done it no one's ever asked him to breed a vegetable for flavor and and i, I found that to be a heartbreaking and disappointing but also like it it was it was so inspirational to watch this though because he, he he's a three michelin star chef he's got one of the best restaurants in the world and he's still in his kitchen which is a whole other thing that's amazing but I won't get into that too deeply, but I will say that it, when you do his tasting menu in, in, in his restaurant, in between each course, you get a raw course where it's it's like still tomatoes in the vine and, and the server delivers them and shows you the kind of tomato, the reason it grows the way it does. And they give you all the information on it and where it came with the farm, when the best time of the year to harvest it is. And it's just, it made me feel like I was doing nothing. I'm like, well, he's doing all this. I should do something. Like, and I'm not talking about trying to reinvent the wheel, but darn it, I want it to spin faster. Mm -hmm. I, want, I want to be able to, to cook locally sourced food with, with fresh organic ingredients that are gorgeous and, and not charge people an arm and a leg, but like make them appreciate what they have in front of them for what it is and what it took to get it there. Not a two for 20 at Applebee's. Right. So right. I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, a lot of space to cover. 
before I'm ready to throw in the towel, but I ain't hear, I ain't hear no bell yet. So there's <laughs> things I still want to do. Well, I think this turned out to be a pretty good episode for anybody who wanted to know who we were. Um, it gave us an opportunity to kind of remind everybody there's things outside the show and that everybody's just a person. So I'm going to close this here and do as I always do. Thank everybody. Thank every single person who listens to this show, no matter what country you're in. We appreciate it. We love the fact that our voice gets spread all over the world, you know, and that people do find some joy in it. So thank you. If you like this show, yeah, share it with a friend or on social media. Help us kind of spread what we do. If you want to help Realistic Sustainability, click the follow button. That's one of the best things you can do. Just follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Click a like. Leave a comment. You know me. I'm going to hound and hound and hound. Leave a five-star comment. Leave something that I can look at and smile if I get a chance. Plus, it might even talk someone into listening to us. And last, if you want to support us in a financial way, you can do that. Go to greenyourlife.org. Obviously, it's not an obligation. If this is something you can't manage, please don't. But you do have the opportunity to either just do a one-time donation there, or you can do a monthly donation for 99 cents, 499. I think 999 is the highest. Any of those you do, we greatly appreciate it. Everything goes back into what we do. And so it's it would be great if it supported us to get out of where our normal works, but that's not what we're doing. Everything kind of goes back into the whole process. So for those of you who are, thank you very much. We do greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate everybody's support. So remember, little bit, little bit. We're just trying to do a little better each day. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And we will see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.